Good morning. Today's scripture reading is taken from Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 to 14. Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, what are you mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it. God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of his temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. There ends the reading of Zechariah 4, verse 1 to 14. <clears throat> so we're moving, as we've been saying, through the season of Pentecost. Pentecost runs seven weeks after Easter, so actually uh, goes right into the middle of July from a liturgical position. And last week we looked at the book of Ezekiel and a wonderful text from Ezekiel 36 and 37, and all of the texts focus on the Spirit of God. So spirit, remember, is the Hebrew word ruach, which is also translated wind, which is also translated breath, also translated spirit. All those are fully legitimate translations of the word ruach. So the Spirit of God is the breath of God. Spirit of God is the wind of God. That kind of movement is the Spirit of God. So, so much so in, in Ezekiel, we have that amazing story in Ezekiel 36, where, or 37 story, where the, you know, the dead bones come to life. And we, you know, we, left bone, left bone, connected to the right bone, you know, shoulder connected to the arm bone. Remember those songs we used to sing? But that all is about the Spirit giving life. In fact, the bones coming together, and then the Ezekiel, it's a vision, says the Lord breathes and breathes new life into the bones. So that's a very dramatic image of the resurrection, if you like. 
The bones are raised. People come back to life. So it's a terrific story. So that was what we looked at last week. And remember that Ezekiel 36, 37 happens when the children of Israel, the nation, are in exile in Babylon. So that amazing story happens when the people are far, far away from the land. They have been sent into exile because they haven't been living faithfully. So there's judgment from God, not to destroy them, but to wake them up and they are sent away. And now this week, we, t we go a little bit farther in time. Exile was 70 years. The people now come back to the land. And that's the story that Zechariah picks up on. So in fact, Zechariah, if you read the list carefully through parallel books, for example, the book of Haggai, Zechariah was actually one of the folk who came back from Babylon. He was, became a prophet, served also as a priest. So he knew the story well. He had been in Babylon, he comes back to the land. And now they have the job, which was a big job, of rebuilding the nation, because so, the nation had been raised, it had been destroyed. It would be like right now in the Ukraine. I mean, one day we trust that this, this war will come to an end. We hope it will. Surely it must at some point. But if Ukraine holds on to their territory, there is going to be a ton of rebuilding. It is going to take a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of manpower, people power to restore that country, even if they can hang on. Well, it was much the same with, with Israel. Israel had been raised. The Babylonians were the, the power of the, on the planet at the time. They come in and they just destroy everything. And the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. And the temple had been destroyed. So it all... And so the people coming back, in fact, we're told there's around 45,000 people who came back from the exile in the first round, Zechariah being one of them, and they had a huge job in front of them. Imagine coming back to Toronto and it's been raised. You go back to your, your home and it's been destroyed. I mean, that's going on, right? It's going on in our world. Now you come back and you've got to essentially start all over. So the people, you know, they, they, they were looking at a lot of work, a lot of, the re I mean, the next, the end of their lives. You come back at 40, and you've got all that in front of you. That's, that's your story, man. That's the rest of your life. Rebuilding. And so that's what they're into. And so when we hear the statement, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, there's a lot of people doubting that they can even do this. 45,000 people, that's, that's a small city. That's not a lot of people. How are we possibly going to rebuild? That's what they're thinking. And that's what we're going to see in our text. So this is on, my man. There we go. So let's just re, uh, read the first part. The angel who talked with me came again. This is Zacharias speaking and wakened me as one who is awakened from sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I see a lampstand all of gold. Everything's gold here. With a bowl on the top of it, there are seven lamps on it, with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on top of it. And by it, there are two olive trees, one on the right of the bowl and the other on this left. 
And I said to the angel who talked to me, what are these? He's, he's looking at this. He doesn't know what it's all about. Then the angel said, do you not know what these are? He says, no. So he receives a vision. Sees something. He's just slept. He wakes up. He has this vision. And, and in Zechariah, there's a number of visions. So the whole book is full of visions. So it's an apocalyptic type of book. Very interesting reading, but it's not straightforward for everybody, any of us. Anyway, here's the vision. Here's an image, Zachariah's vision. And so you see the lamp on the bottom. It's got seven lamps on it, so it's a type of a menorah. Not exactly, because each of the seven also have seven lips around the top of it, we're told. But nevertheless, it's sort of like a menorah, which... In the Jewish community, you might have a menorah in your home. It's a beautiful candelabra. We have one at home. Menorah is very important in the Jewish faith, light. So there it is. It's made of gold. And then on top of it, there is a bowl, and the bowl has two golden arms that reach to the two trees. Okay, so that's the image. You've got these two olive trees, which make sense in that part of the world. The oil from the olive tree comes through the golden rods into the bowl, and then the fuel from the bowl is what keeps the candles lit. That's essentially the image. So if you look at that, that's what Zachariah is looking at, sort of, right? And he's saying, the angel says, do you get it? He says, nope, I don't get it. It would just be like us, right? We'd see it looks like pretty, it's shiny. <laughs> It's golden. It would have a lot of luminosity because each of those seven candles also have seven on each one. So there's 49 lights, essentially. So that's a lot of luminosity. That's the vision. So from that, then, we want to understand what does it say to us in the season of Pentecost? What did it say to Zechariah? So we carry on with the text. He said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the prince or the governor over the land when they returned. He was of, Davidic, of David's lineage. But he's not called a king because he's not a king. He hasn't been voted in, if you like, as a king. But he is the leader. He's a prince. He's a governor of the people. That's what's going on. Zerubbabel. That's why he's mentioned. So the angel says, this is the word of the Lord. So it's not just the angel's word. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, who's the leader. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts means the Lord of all creation. Host can be the reference to all the stars, all the galaxies, all of the host. Yahweh is Lord of the hosts. He's the one who says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring out the top stone, or the capstone, amid shouts note of grace, grace to it. In the NRSV, it translates it this way, grace, grace to it. It does also in the KJV, if you've got it. The NIV translates it differently. Here I like the NRSV in the KJV. Grace. Grace. It's all about grace. So what is that about? Well, the vision interpreted is that it's God's Spirit 
that will enable the people, a relatively small group of people, 45,000 people, to come back and start restoring the land and particularly the temple of God. But you know what? The people are tired. They get back and they're tired. They're, they're exhausted. They're wiped out. Even getting back from Babylon to Israel would have been a long journey. That's, that's tough terrain. A lot of it is desert. So they're coming through that and they get back and they're already tired. And the Spirit says, that God says, it's my Spirit that will enable you, not by might. Might references really initially all wealth. Not by might, not through billions of dollars. You can have billions of dollars and you might not achieve what God wants you to do. Because it ain't coming that way. Might, money, not by power, people. Power is manpower, women power, people power, numbers. Okay, let's just say numbers. Not by money, not by thousands of people, but by my spirit. The awakenings that I referenced earlier happened in small places. <laughs> the Azusa Street awakening was, was like us. It's a church. It's all. It's a church. And it's awakened. They don't have millions of dollars in, in their bank account. They don't have thousands of people. This isn't the Crystal Cathedral, you know, of old with 10,000 people in their place. Or even Spurgeon's Palace in London, 10,000 people. Not by money, not by power, people, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We, in our day, churches even, we are so committed. Do we have enough money? Do we have enough money? Money is important, but we are, we are driven there. And we're also driven by do we have enough people? Do we have enough people? Do we have enough people? We want people. You want both. But ultimately, it is the Spirit of God. Even with the project next door, it's a big project. If God's Spirit is not in it, ain't it happening? No matter how hard we try, and we're all trying hard, but finally, it's God's spirit, Ruach. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That is a very positive statement, I am sure, to Zerubbabel, and it carries on. You are facing a mountain, which means you have opposition. It means you have resistance. It's not going to be a smooth ride. Hasn't been a smooth ride going next door. Opposition, resistance, whatever that might be. But the mountains will be made level, Zerubbabel says, or God says to Zerubbabel. It will be like the mountain isn't there, which means what? The resistance will be overcome. The opposition will be overcome. But you will face opposition. You will face resistance, even in your life you will face resistance. You will face opposition. Don't you? There's a job out there, and it can come in sensitive ways. You know, like, okay, you got five applicants for the job. Only one's going to get it. One's going to get the yes, and four others are going to get a no. It's not so great to get a no, is it? 
I don't care if you get a third or fourth interview. It doesn't matter. If you finally get a no, that's a no. One person gets the yes. So the no comes across like resistance, opposition. Can I never get a break? You ever said that? Can I get a break? What's going on? I always get a no. I'm always pushed up against this rock, pushing the rock up the mountain. That's, that's it. Sisyphus and me and you. That's our job. But the mountains will be overcome. That is the word of encouragement. That's a great text. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It goes on. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of his house. His hand shall also complete it. It will happen. Initially, the task is rebuild the temple. And you know what? The temple finally was rebuilt. But it goes on. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice. I like that. What does that mean? You go back to the temple, and you know all, all the stones are overturned. Some, a bunch of them have been taken away. We know when Herod's temple was overtaken and thrown over, a lot of those big, huge stones and pillars, they were taken. <laughs> a bunch of them went up to Ephesus. The Hagia Sophia in, in Ephesus, I mean, in this, well, Ephesus it is. Anyway, they stand there. Hagia Sophia, Istanbul. They were taken. So you go back and the stones are overturned and a bunch of them aren't even there anymore. And now you've got to build it. One brick at a time. My cousin has a song, Shingle by Shingle. Shingle by shingle, you rebuild the house. Brick by brick. And the statement, do not despise, do not mock all the small steps it took to make it happen. Because you know what? They had people. People were in the land, and all of a sudden these new people come back, and they say, who are you? This is now our land. You are moving into our land. And so they faced a lot of opposition, resistance. And they mocked them. They, they, they said, you, you, this is not much of a temple. Look what you're doing. They mocked them. In comparison to the first one, this is nothing. Do not mock. Quote, no one who hopes to achieve or does achieve anything great despises the day of small things. I like that. Anything great takes small things. Darcy, Darcy's a writer. Darcy wrote a book, he's writing another book. If you write a book, it's all one page at a time. You gotta put your nose to the stone and grind it out. Nobody writes it for you. You gotta write it one page at a time. No mocking, no despising, one page at a time. Bart, the great theologian, was asked. He wrote voluminously. He was asked, how do you write all this? And he said, one page at a time. Just one page. And he has volumes. He has a whole library of his stuff. Considered a great, great theologian, writer. One page at a time. And so in our job, in our work, in our lives, that's often the way it is. So what's the application initially, this first part of the story? Well, one is encouragement. 
Because the power, empowerment, comes ultimately from the Holy Spirit. So that's encouraging. Encouraging yet in your own life, whatever you're facing. If you know Jesus, if you know God, then the Holy Spirit is with you, and the Holy Spirit will enable you. That's an encouraging statement. You've got to hold on to it. You've got to think it through. You've got to see how receptive I am. Secondly, courage. Because there will be opposition. There will be resistance. There can be resistance in your own family. Man, I remember when I wanted to go to school to study music. Well, there, there was no school at that point. For doing what I was doing, you had to study privately. You had to go out and study with other greats, and you studied with them. One and one. That was it. That was it. My dad was totally freaked out. I didn't come all the way from Ireland so that you don't go to college. My dad never challenged me on anything. He challenged me on that. I didn't come all the way over here for you not to go to college. I'm saying, Dad, I, I want to do music, and the only way to do music is you study with these people. He didn't want to hear that. Got to go to college. Just lucky to me, lucky enough, that Humber started up just at that time, and I went to Humber. If not, my dad was going to... I had to make a decision. Am I going to do what my dad says, or am I going to study with the other private guitar teachers? You see, that's how you do it. Private writers, composers. Resistance. When, as soon as I said, hey, Dad, I'm going to go to Humber for music, oh, that's it, that's great. He didn't know nothing about Humber, didn't know anything about that program, didn't matter, you're going to college, great. <laughs> I locked out on that one. Courage, and finally, we also see assurance. Assurance that God is indeed with us. And through small steps, we can often achieve what we're doing. I'm not going to say always, but often. You make a plan, you follow through in the plan, frequently that will unfold. So it's about encouragement, it's about courage, it's about assurance, and the people of Israel at that time definitely needed that. Number one goes on. And shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord. I like that. Which range through the whole earth. Woo! God sees the whole earth. And then I said to him, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left? So we go back to the vision. Second time, what are these olive trees? Which pour out the oil through the golden pipe. So that's finally he understands what's it about. For whatever reason, the angel doesn't want to tell him what it means too quick. Finally tells do you not know? These are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. That meant Zerubbabel and Joshua, who was the high priest. If you read back through Zechariah, you'll see Joshua. So that's the answer of that. That's not, we don't know, need to know that so much. But the, the initial plan happened. Zerubbabel and Joshua are able to complete the task, which was a big thing to the people in Israel. But to us, what does it mean as we carry on? Well, the greater future completion is that Christ is the light. He's the Messiah. Jesus is the light of the world. So all the minor prophets look forward in time. It's all this mystical language. And it's mystical language that has, has an interpretation in the moment, in the time. And then there's something that points forward. Zechariah didn't know what it pointed forward to. 
but he had a sense that it, it went forward. 500 years later, Christ appears, the Son of God, and now we get more information. And the information comes through the evangelists, comes through the angels who speak to the Christmas characters that we know so well, visions that are spoken to them. Jesus becomes the great light. Many Jewish people, many, are Christians, have become Christians, and they think that Jesus is the light. More, of course, do not. The light is the menorah. They have Hanukkah, the light. Paul seems to suggest at one point in time, in future yet, that yet many people in Israel will come to see Jesus as the light. Possible. But we as Christians, we see for sure Jesus is the light. I like this quote, Jesus is the one who is in his glorious resurrected body, becomes our incarnate temple, our place to worship the Father, now note the Spirit references, born of the Spirit, baptized of the Spirit, led of the Spirit into the wilderness, Jesus came in the power of the Spirit to proclaim the beginning of the kingdom of God in his person. Elizabeth Ockmeimer is a woman theologian who's brilliant, written a number of books. All of the theologians are not men, just to say. Born of the Spirit, baptized of the Spirit, led of the Spirit, came in the power of the Spirit. That's Jesus. 500 years after Zechariah, he speaks. He comes. So Jesus is the great light. Jesus is the light of the world. We know that in the Gospel of John. He says it. Another application is that the church becomes the presence of Christ in the world. So we become now the temple. The original temple was a building. Now the people of God are the temple, so Paul writes. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Where does that come from? Sermon on the Mount. Jesus speaking to us, his disciples, now us. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill. And then Peter writes, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You've heard this a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Meaning we are all priests. Zachariah was a priest, now we all become priests. Now we can hear all that language and it, and it can just sail right over our heads or we ha we don't, we're not even interested. So what? But for the text, what it's saying is that your life is actually very important. And whether you see it or not, you are a priest. Now, even the priests of old, you know, didn't get everything right. And a lot of the priests of old were pretty ornery, difficult people. But they were still priests. Didn't mean they were perfect. So you and I are priests, we're not perfect. But we're called a royal priesthood, a holy nation. If there's going to be awakening in the city of Weston, it will happen because people wake up and believe they are priests. For all of us. When that happens, man, things start to go. I think. And finally, the Holy Spirit is the fuel. The Holy Spirit is the fuel that enables the fire to burn. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God now who will enable us. 
who will enable you receive his oil coming into ourselves. That's a, that's a beautiful image, you know. Spirit will do that. It's interesting that um, Bunyan, John Bunyan writes in Pilgrim's Progress, Beth, you know this image well, where the devil, Satan, is trying to put out the fire of your life. And so he's, there's a fireplace, and the devil, and the devil here is presented as the one on your right, okay? This is the artist's rendition. The point is, and Bunyan says, is the devil is throwing water on your life to, to drown out the, your energy and your power, to extinguish your light. Do you see what I mean? You ever felt that? Negativity coming your way that wants to put out your light. Bunyan uses that as an image of the devil's work in our lives. Took the devil seriously. But on the other side, it's an open-sided fireplace. On the other side, if you walked around, is Christ. And Christ is putting on new oil continually. And if you read the image, the image is the fire just keeps blazing and blazing and blazing, Bunyan says. And they don't understand it because the devil's throwing on water, water, water. How does it keep going? Bunyan says, well, you slip around the other side. And now you see Christ. And he's putting on oil. Man, many times that's needed. We get caught up in all the water that's putting out our faith. But Christ, grace, grace, Zechariah says, does not give up on you, does not give up on me. He's pouring oil on your life and my life so our lives will burn, shine. If it wasn't for that, you know what? None of us would even be here. If you've been a Christian for 30 years, you would not have been a Christian for 30 years if the oil of the Spirit was not being poured on you. You would have given up a long time ago. Why? Because the resistance is very powerful. The opposition is super powerful. So we need the grace of the Holy Spirit firing us up. And that brings us back to the text. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Zacharias sees it. I think he's, he's encouraged because they finally carry on and they finish the temple. It took them a bunch of years to finish it. And it wasn't as great as the initial temple, looking at it, but it was there. And Herod built one that was even better later on. And you know what happened to it? It was raised too. It was destroyed too. Sticks and stones come tumbling down. So we need, as a church, really, I think, to just keep looking to God, keep trusting, keep depending, but not only as an assembly, but as individuals. That's where the good way lies. May we hear, may we walk in that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's